0: where are we right now we have a moment and i think that's the the heat of the speech was around the fact that the leverage point of the next year is the debt limit everything else is largely not moving his bills won't get passed through the house the one thing he needs is a debt limit to be able to continue to govern for his purposes and it's incumbent on republicans and we've made a ton of progress since we started talking about it on the war room it's incumbent on republicans to say no we're not going to pass your debt limit until you get rid of the woke and weaponized government that you're currently presiding and, f- and furthering by a m- number of the things that we heard last night and, and we know is, is their track record.
3: Well, the former Trump budget director who's now advising them, that is Republicans in the House, on their fiscal strategy, has a plan to slash over $2 trillion for Medicaid. And a, well, whether it gets passed, that's, that's the plan, okay? He wants to end Medicare expansion under the Affordable Care Act.
0: And then additional deep cuts that could lead to nearly 70 million people losing critical services. Okay, welcome. It's our eve of CPAC, a show. It's Wednesday, 1 March, in the year of our Lord, 2023. we got a lot to go through for the next couple hours. In fact, next hour, we'll actually be going to CPAC Live. We've got the new federal state of China, that kind of group that's in opposition to the Chinese Communist Party. They're going to give some commentary on the hearings last night, the first joint session uh, was in prime time on, on the China committee. Also, uh, very explosive, we're gonna have Dr. Andrew Huff about the Wuhan lab, we're gonna have former uh, DIA uh, official, Rebecca Koffler, about intelligence, the Wuhan lab, all of it, so um, we're packed. This hour I wanna start, I've got uh, Congressman Ben Klein, who's been on the show before from Virginia Six. Congressman Klein is on Judiciary, he was in Yuma, we're gonna to get to that in a moment, but he's also on Appropriations and Budget. Congressman, just to help people, we just had the great uh, Russ vote, the second OMB director under President Trump. uh, And the president's now included uh, Russ into the conversation because Russ has this balanced budget. He's talking about going after woke and weaponized programs to get meaningful cuts this year in appropriations and and then deal with the debt ceiling after we get the appropriations bill through. You're on – and you've got some pretty – I hope people in Virginia 6 appreciate the fact that, that uh, Congressman Ben Klein at the tip of the spear. Judiciary, Appropriations, and Budget, three pretty heavy committees. Walk our audience through, if you could for a second, the difference between the Budget Committee and the Appropriations Committee.
1: Sure. It's great to be with you. And uh, the Budget Committee is essentially setting out a blueprint for spending, and it sets out uh, top-line numbers and passes those on to the appropriators, the appropriators can't go over that number, Uh, then they get to kind of allocate the money according to uh, where the appropriations committee decides it should go. But uh, the blueprint is very important. So the budget committee uh, led by Jody Arrington is putting together a a blueprint for spending that's going to lead to balance. And the question is, uh, how fast do we get to balance and how fast can we target these woke weaponized programs that have been bloated, blown up over the last couple of years into these multi-billion-dollar programs that are coming after our kids, uh, coming after you know all different manner of our economy, uh, making sure that we can't even invest our retirement savings in the accounts that are going to bring back the best returns, instead because of uh, ESG standards uh, mandates, they're going to be. Uh, left to woke corporate boards to determine how to in- invest our retirement savings. So uh, the, the blueprint happens, and then the Appropriations Committee will get to work slashing a lot of these programs. We anticipate getting no support from Democrats for these appropriations bills, so it's going to be incumbent upon Republicans. and The Freedom Caucus has four new members on appropriations to make sure that we provide the cuts necessary uh, to put forward conservative balanced budget and spending proposals.
0: I don't have my copy of The New York Times, which was the front page story about a week ago, but the Congressional Budget Office, and maybe you want to tell the people what that is that that's not the most that's not uh gateway pundit or Breitbart <laughs> i mean it's, it's yeah. a organization of the co- Congress but they had this report that I know shocked me and shocked all of my hedge fund buddies in that it laid out a ten year budget and said uh, what a one and a half trillion one point four i think trillion dollar this year two Roughly two trillion dollar deficits, almost in perpetuity going forward. A a trillion dollars in interest payments uh, annually, and nineteen. They assume with pretty conservative estimates, nineteen trillion dollars of new debt in the next decade, put on top of the thirty-two trillion we already have. Over fifty trillion dollars in debt by the uh, within ten years. Is is are you Steve, in the budget committee? Is that roughly the correct numbers?
1: It is a, a terrifying number, a set of numbers. The presentation we got today is part of the Republican Study Committee, which is the largest uh, caucus within the Republican conference, about 170 members. And I'm the chairman of the Budget Task Force. So we're putting forward a 10-year balanced budget. It's going to be rolling out soon. Hopefully, it will give some guidance to the Budget Committee. It'll give some guidance to the Appropriations Committee on where to cut. But uh, To put it in perspective, uh, the debt that's going to be accumulated in the next 10 years is enough to, uh, for $1 million of debt for every man, woman, and child in the United States. It's so much that if you eliminated all discretionary spending, that's all defense spending and all the other spending, transportation, education, agriculture, you name it, it all gets eliminated, you would still be in... uh, budget deficits, as far as the eye could see, because of the mandatory spending that is out of control and the fact that these programs are being driven into insolvency by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer's reckless spending.
0: When you talk about that, let's go to this uh, controversy, uh, because as Russ Vogt says, we're now in Thunderdome, he put out on a tweet. And of course, uh, Biden I'm not saying took the bait, but all of a sudden, Russ votes in the conversation. Russ has put out uh, that over the 10 years, you would cut $2 trillion in Medicaid, I think in Medicaid alone. Now, that's leaving Social Security and Medicare aside, but going after Medicaid, is that feasible given that, that, because Medicaid's not actually totally mandatory, correct? They kind of hide the football in that and they say it is, but am I incorrect? Is there a possibility of actually getting $2 trillion a cut of Medicaid?
1: So we have pledged not to touch Social Security or Medicare benefits for current beneficiaries. Uh, but Medicaid is the health insurance program uh, for the elderly, for the poor, for the disabled. And uh, it's Obamacare uh, health insurance for uh, those earning certain income levels. And adjusting those income levels uh, is going to be part of our reform, because uh there is no other way to get to balance than to look at Medicaid. Now, uh, five or six years ago, the Republican budget block-granted Medicaid to the states. Right now, it's a 50-50, well, it's more like a 60-40 split, where the federal government uh, provides 60 percent of the funds and the state government provides about 40 percent. We're talking about moving that um, either to a 50-50 split or, you know, some we are considering uh, bringing back the idea of block-granting Medicaid to the states because Virginia knows and can do a better job of providing these health insurance uh, coverage for these groups of people uh, without having double the regulations that the federal government puts on for Medicaid recipients. So it's a better way to do things to let Virginia innovate and uh, and make sure that everybody's covered. It's just a question of do we have the political will to go ahead and, and pass it in the House and stand by it when it's confronted by the demagoguery of the Senate and the president.
0: I think what um, Russ said, and I read one of his tweets, it was hundred billion million. And I think if you go back to who you said, the elderly, the, the disabled, the, the, the children, that even if he kept those requirements, there was enough in here that had now gone beyond what the original intent was that it was $100 billion a year. Could, could you, is that possible? Is it possible to actually make these cuts and not go to the core programs that Medicaid was originally set up to do?
1: Yes, and much of it has to do with reforming the healthcare system that surrounds uh, the program. So uh, Obamacare was set up to allow for Medicaid expansion uh, where states could expand Medicaid roles to include individuals, Um, who were single adults or uh, people who uh, were below that income level, but who were working. Um, Adjusting those income levels uh, is something that we're exploring to make sure that we target those who truly need the temporary uh, health coverage, but not socializing health insurance markets for uh, low-income level earners. Uh, That's what has happened uh, a lot of the health insurance marketplace has has gone away for uh, for these low income earners who would have, but for Medicaid, uh, would have participated in the private insurance market. So we have to restore that marketplace compet- competition, uh, get those health insurers back in the game, and providing coverage for people at a at a lower rate that provides better coverage than the government otherwise would.
0: Congressman Klein, none of this is easy, correct? These are tough. These are all tough calls. All the easy decisions are decades behind us. So these are in being in budget and appropriations and the Republican study committee. When you guys are talking about this, you men and women are talking about this. this, These are not easy. These are tough topics to talk about. The cuts are tough, et cetera. Am I correct on that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We Want to protect Social Security for current recipients. We want to protect Medicare coverage for current recipients, for we seniors. But you know, we we have to make sure that we balance the budget because this inflation that we're seeing right now is a result of the excessive spending that we've seen over the past couple of years. Um, it's affecting food prices. It's affecting fuel prices. It's affecting uh, the interest on the debt. the The fact that uh, increasingly interest on the debt is going to become the biggest expenditure of the federal budget, and it's going to crowd out all of these other programs, uh, school lunch programs, uh, you name it. Uh, these programs are going to be crowded out by interest on the debt. And so we've got to tackle it. And uh, tough decisions have to be made. But uh, that's why voters elected Republicans, because uh, we're prepared to confront these challenges and and meet the challenges of the day, whereas Democrats just want to run away from them and continue uh, the road to insolvency that we've been on for so long.
0: When the American people see, you know, and I'm a America first hawk as a former naval officer. My daughter's a West Point grad. Uh, so we're we're hawks, but we're CCP hawks. We want to be very constrained around the rest of the world. When you see Janet Yellen saying they're talking about ten billion dollars more to the Ukraine, where we're paying their pension funds and their health care. And you're and you're sitting in rooms with people making incredibly tough decisions incredibly tough calls. What is the trade-off there? How can how can the American people look at? We've committed Fox News reports. We've either spent or committed between arms and humanitarian, and most importantly, just just paying for their. I think five billion a month for their government, two hundred billion dollars to Ukraine. Does it ever come up that that's we we got to put everything is on the block and everything's got to be looked at? And how do you make the argument on the Medicaid, which I believe has to get done? When you're sitting there, people are sitting there and and pushing, writing massive checks to Ukraine, sir?
1: Yeah. When you're talking about uh, making sure that American children are taken care of, when you're talking about making sure that American borders are being secured, and and we can't afford these things because we're busy uh, taking care of Ukrainian children and Ukrainian borders, uh, that is frustrating to a lot of Americans, and we have to make sure that not only that we make sure that we track every dollar that has been spent thus far, because it's 100 million, 100 billion dollars that has been spent thus far in Ukraine. Um, we have to make sure that every dollar is accounted for, and much of it went to NGOs and other uh, entities unrelated to uh, even the Ukrainian government, uh, which has its own corruption issues, but these NGOs are all over the map, and so tracking those dollars is hard enough. But uh, we have to make sure that we don't just provide an open-ended, open-ended expenditure um, and that there's a, there's a goal in sight and we have to meet that goal.
0: C- Congressman, can you hang for just a, right through the break? I want to talk to you about your trip to Yuma as part of the Judiciary Committee. A field hearing last week. We'll get the inside scoop from Congressman Ben Klein next. Here's
2: your host, Stephen K. Bass.
0: Okay, cpac.org slash war room. It's not too late. Still get your tickets. We're on the eve. We're going to be going to Heather Mullins, Real America's Voice investigator reporter in a moment. We're also going to go to the new federal state team that's there also in the six o'clock hour. Uh, We want to see everybody. We're going to be live Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We're going to be covering the president's speech, all of it, all the great highlights, all the interviews, live audience participation, all of it. That's cpac.org/warroom. Let's see you there. We get to meet, greet, hang out like we did in Phoenix at Turning Point and at Dallas CPAC. Congressman Klein, <clears throat> you're also on the Judiciary Committee. You guys made kind of a historic field uh, uh, hearing in Yuma, Arizona, one of the hot spots on our southern border. Can you tell us about that, sir?
1: Yeah, Jim Jordan, uh, Chair of Judiciary, led a field hearing down in Yuma to talk about the border crisis, the Biden border crisis. The Democrats refused to participate. Not a single Democrat came down. Uh, they were afraid to, conf- to be confronted by reality down there. And what we're seeing is uh, 300,000 people over the last year uh, have been uh, caught crossing the border at the Yuma crossing. Before that, it was 100,000. The Last year, Trump's administration, it was 8,000. So 8,000, 100,000, 300,000 last year, um, illegal migrants crossing the border. And that's not counting the gotaways. So when you consider that at the southern border, uh, half of the state of Virginia has crossed since Biden took office, about 5 million people have crossed the southern border. It is, uh, but what we saw in this hearing was not just the burden it puts on border patrol. They turn them into essentially pencil pushers, just processing people as they cross the border instead of actually guarding the border. Uh, Yes, we need to finish the wall. Yes, we need more technology. Yes, we need more border agents. But we also went to a hospital that was spending $24 million uh, to provide health care for illegals who were there. We saw the NICU that only had 10 beds. And when they were filled up with um, illegals having babies. You had residents of Yuma having to go to Phoenix, 180 miles away, to have premature babies that needed a NICU. So it's impacting Yuma. We talked to the farmers who grow the crops. You know, 90% of the wintertime produce is grown in Yuma, Arizona. So if you eat lettuce right now, it's grown in Yuma, more than likely. If, if migrants camp out on a field or walk across a field, they have to toss that produce. That's $50,000. A, a field that essentially gets thrown out. The farmers are hurting. The food banks are hurting. Uh, you know, The education system is hurting. Uh, the crime, the people who are in the jails, the drugs that are coming across killing people, it is, across Yuma, it is devastating, that wonderful city. And it's turning all of our districts into border communities. My district has I-81 running up the center of it. So if you talk to troopers who pull over vans, they're talking about the human trafficking. They're talking about the drugs that are coming up from Mexico. Uh, It is really turning the 6th District of Virginia into a border community as well. That's why we need uh, to take action on immigration reform immediately. And Jim Jordan is committed to do that here very soon.
0: The, the Center for Immigration Studies, uh, the great Todd Benson, was on the other day and did the calculation that between 12 and 15 million illegal aliens will be here through this phony asylum program by the end of Biden's first term. When you're on the budget in appropriations, isn't the possibility just tell the Biden administration we're going to zero any money for this of any anybody that came in on your watch? The number is zero. Are we going to see those type of fights because – this is an invasion and it's got to be stopped. If you have 12 to 15 million people, and this is not us saying it, this is Center for Immigration Studies. Todd Benson is one of the top guys in the area, he's got a new best selling book out. I mean, we can't afford if we're going to make cuts from American citizens in Medicaid, which absolutely have to happen, how can you justify then paying a penny for 12 to 15 million? people who came on a gamed asylum system that are essentially illegal aliens in this country, sir.
1: Right. It's, it's like being asked to fund these detention centers at the border when there shouldn't be the need for detention centers at all. Taxpayers shouldn't be forced to fund detention centers because we shouldn't be allowing them over the border in the first place. And once they're caught, they should be returned across the border back to Mexico to await their asylum hearing. And even then, you know, people who, uh, apply for asylum in their home country, uh, shouldn't even be making the journey where they would need a, a detention facility. So, uh, unfortunately, our funding has gotten all skewed because of these bad border policies and uh, righting the wrongs of the border policies. We can do that through the appropriations process as well. And you're going to see an effort, uh, kind of a joint effort. I'm on judiciary, but I'm also on the Justice Appropriations process uh, Committee, where we're going to try and... Uh, make sure that the money only goes to those areas of uh, the budget that are going to enforce our border rather than just encourage illegal migrants to make the journey.
0: Virginia 6 is one of the most beautiful parts of the, uh, of the country. And I don't say that as a, a Virginian, but as just having traveled the world. It is absolutely an incredible place and kind-hearted, good people. When you're absolutely. back in the district... Virginia Six. These these issues of this the 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 massive financial crisis we have now because of the spending, the invasion of the southern border, the situation in Ukraine, the Chinese Communist Party. Where are their heads at right now? What, what are they telling you?
1: Well, they're they're fuming right now because they see their costs of living going up, the food prices, the fuel prices. Uh, they see their kids being told that uh, their parents can't know what they're learning in schools. Uh, We've got a governor who's trying to fix that. We've got a State House where the Republicans are in control trying to fix that, but we've got a Democrat State Senate that is blocking everything that uh, is, is trying to, all the changes we're trying to make. But a lot of that is coming from the federal level. They look at the federal government and they look at Nancy Pelosi's wasteful spending. They look at Joe Biden uh, trying to duck and dodge any responsibility for anything related to the border crisis, anything related to inflation. Uh, and they just want somebody to uh, shoot straight and fight for them. That's why I'm there. Uh, but they you know want more of us to work to right all of the problems that are up here. That's what we're doing on the appropriations process. You know, oversight is such a big part of it. And that's why I'm, I'm so proud of Jim Jordan and James Comer, who are doing a great job in oversight as well. Uh, we're trying to right the wrongs here in the House, but we're only half of the Congress and uh, one of three branches of government. Uh, and, and so uh, we've got a ways to go, but uh, we're trying to carry the views of the American people and specifically the views of the sixth congressional district residents to, to Congress for them.
0: Councilman Klein, how do people get into immerse themselves in these issues you're dealing with? Where do they go on your site, your social media, all of it?
1: Well, klein.house.gov is my official uh, website. I'm on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. And so all of the videos that I took at the border are on there. Uh, you can see the holes in the wall for yourself. You can uh, see the uh, different Hearings that we had, uh, the fact that we were confronted by the the statistics from the sheriff, from the supervisors about the state of the border and the lack of enforcement. Uh, these are the kind of things that I'm I'm bringing right to the people. That's why I'm on your show today, and I appreciate all the great work you do.
0: Well, Congressman, one of the things in Yuma I thought was unbelievable was the collapse of the education and medical system for American citizens. Given the way, I don't think people. It was magnificent you guys did that from citizens and from administrators to know that just the collapse of their health care system and their education system just because of this invasion. It was, you know, American citizens can't live like that. It was very heart-rendering. It so, is uh, it, an
1: invasion. Thank you.
0: Thank you, sir. Congressman Ben Klein from Virginia 6. On judiciary appropriations and budget, that's uh, – Ben Klein's the tip of the spear right there. Those are three heavy, heavy, heavy um, – committees do we have time to play a short uh, cold open for uh, heather mother okay hang on for a second we're having some i'm getting some stink eye from the uh from the production team the internal production team of the war room about what we're going to play next heather uh you kind of uh have been following this you and i've been talking a lot uh elon musk got a little problem with his financing and, and it's not just a financial problem is it ma'am
4: No, it's not. Um, You called this out, Steve, back in November. I posted a video of you um, back when the deal for Elon to buy Twitter first happened. And you said, you know, everyone, all these conservatives are clapping and cheering that this is going to be a free speech platform. But you pointed out that a lot of Elon Musk's financing comes from the CCP. A lot of these joint ventures and things of that nature, which, if anybody knows what you've been reporting about the CCP, they're communists. They're against freedom of speech. And they've made that very clear within the last 24 hours When they uh, basically came out and gave Elon Musk a warning through this English subsidiary of People's Daily, it's called the Global Times, Um, they accused him of breaking the pot of China, which I guess is slang for biting the hand that feeds you. As you know, China is the second largest electric vehicle. market, and Elon has a Shanghai factory for his Tesla company. So a lot of that money that for his companies is tied up, like you said, Steve, in China. And because Elon Musk responded to tweets about the Wuhan, they call it a lab leak theory, but we've all seen the documentation that proves that gain-of-function research was actually taking place at that laboratory. And Elon Musk pointed out that Anthony Fauci funded some of that research through a company called EcoHealth Alliance. And so because he said that China... Gave him their warning and said, Tread carefully, basically, because we finance you. And so it's going to be interesting to see how Elon Musk responds. Last I checked, all of those tweets where he was talking about the Wuhan lab leak were still on Twitter. He hasn't removed them, he hasn't taken them down, um, but he also hasn't responded publicly to the CCP's threats against him. Um, so <laughs> it's unshu- is, unclear is, is how that, this is going to pan out moving forward, Steve, yeah. but you called it the is, is financing. That-
0: the ccp heather hang on for one second tesla is the stock that he's got leverage that's the stock he bars against he's got a joint venture in shanghai it's the only cash flow in all of his empires. the only positive cash flow coming from the ccp the ccp giveth and the ccp taketh away all in uh twitter heather mullins from real america's voice she's at cpac back in a moment Here's your host, Stephen K. Ban. Okay, uh, everybody's grinding. We're working 24-7, you know, six, seven days a week. What you need is a great sleep on the hours you've got. You can only do that with the products of MyPillow, particularly the MyPillow 2.0. This is the one that Mike's been working on, just launched it. The MyPillow was obviously, the pillow itself is a massive success. This is going to be even a bigger success. You can buy one, get one free when you go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. So go check it out today. When you go to our square, that's what you'll land on when you go there. Uh, you'll see all the other sales, all the other buy one, get one free, all the other inventory discounts. But you'll have the MyPillow 2.0 on a buy one, get one free. So go do it today. Sleep the sleep of the just and do it on a My Pillow product, particularly MyPillow 2.0. It's made a world of difference for everybody here in the world. Don't look rested. It's just not the haircut. It's the MyPillow. Heather Mullins, you're at CPAC. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. But for, particularly for the conservative, inc- look, here's the thing. It's just when you are, you're doing transactions like this, I talked about this when he first announced it in April. It's one thing to announce and another thing to close on it. And particularly the social media entities, a lot of them are still not cash flow positive because they have not figured out how to monetize it. That got to be the big controversy when Elon Musk first got in there. Remember, they had to put a gun to his head and basically force him to close it. Because of the contract he'd get him, which, no offense, he should have had better deal lawyers on. Um, but he had to buy it at a certain price. That means he had to raise an incredible amount of money. He's got other parties. Sequoia Capital, who's a front for the CCP, the biggest uh, or most one of the most powerful venture capital firms in Silicon Valley, right, with all types of CCP guys all over it, including most a lot of the senior guys. Um, Sequoia so Capital's in there with him. Uh, and but, but the key of it is his money – backed by his Tesla stock, which he bars against. He uses, you know, margin loans to do that. Does, I think he liquidates some stock, but he also, and he's gone back up to be the wealthiest guy again as Tesla stock prices come back up. Remember, Tesla itself, I think, I haven't checked the price here recently, but the, the company lost in value given his journey into Twitter. More than the market cap, I think, of Ford, General Motors, Toyota, Honda, all, like, doubled, right? I think it was it was 1.2 trillion at one time, given all the fantasy about the battery itself, not just the car. So I said this is going to be problematic, and I said the CCP controls this guy. This is why the, the, the tell, and I'm not complaining because we would never go back on Twitter, I don't care. Uh, you, we're, we're on Getter because that's a free speech platform. We're very happy there. We have a huge posse over there. We get a lot of stuff up there. It's a technologically far superior than Twitter. But most important because none of the hardcore, when I say hardcore, I don't mean, these are people that do not think the Chinese Communist Party is a legitimate government of the Chinese people. And you'll see the new federal state folks on our 6 o'clock show about the, about the primetime hearing last night on the Select Committee of China. That's fine. It was okay. But we're not strategic competitors. It's not about strategic competition. That's some neocon concept. They're at war with us. And you don't think they're yep. at war with us? Look at the thing in the Wuhan lab, and we're going to have Dr. Andrew Huff that was uh, Dasek's partner at Echo Health Alliance. He's going to tell you about the intelligence involvement in the Wuhan lab and about the gain-of-function experimentation, which is just the weaponization of biology, which was banned by the, by the Obama administration. It was so dangerous. We're also going to have Rebecca Koffler from the DIA. So in all this, I said, he just mentions it. He puts out a couple of tweets in the Global Times, which is the tabloid, you have the People's Daily, which is like the New York Times. These are all government controlled. The People's Daily is the New York Times and the Global Times is like the New York Post. It's the tabloid version. It's one that the more common people in in uh, in China read, not the not the hoity-toity. Um, and they come out right away and, and give the slogan, "Dude, don't don't bite the hand that feeds you, because you may you may get shut down here in in uh, in in your Shanghai joint venture." But what Heather, what is what is Conservative Inc. the fanboys of Elon Musk? They're all fanboying all the time. And I said, this is not a free speech platform. It can't be a free speech platform. He hasn't allowed back in any of the anti-CCP hunter killers who want to take down the CCP. He won't do that because Beijing told him he can't do it. And now he puts out a couple of innocuous tweets about the Wuhan lab. And next thing you know, they're him to STFU on a global basis. And guess what? He has. Has he not, Heather? He, Elon Musk, has got a big mouth on everything, I don't hear him blowing back on his paymasters, is he?
4: Not yet. I mean, he's been very quiet since the Global Times put out this warning. Um, I actually thought this was this warning would come a lot sooner because being back on Twitter, I I saw when when China was putting all those people in those COVID concentration camps, if you will, all those videos were not being suppressed on Twitter. And there was a lot of information actually getting out about what China was doing. So I was surprised that this warning from the CCP didn't come much sooner. But now that it's come, uh, it'll be interesting to see how Elon Musk responds. And I think that's what people are waiting for. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. But hang on. But hang on. But hang on. But hang on. Whoa, well, whoa. Well, no! don't get ahead of the wagon train here. He never commented. He never come. Those videos were it up, and they weren't being suppressed. with shadow banned. but he subsides. never, he he, he, nev- he never said anything about it. He was quiet, and he's got an opinion about everything. In fact, I I listened in for on Getter. I listened in. We streamed. He had one of these Twitter talks, and he's up there, and and somebody asked some one of the people in the gallery asked the question. And the, and the Praetorian Guard around him or the conservative, I think, fanboys go, oh, no, 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 you can't. That's all been taken care of. It's all passed. They didn't want to go. They knew how sensitive it was. Elon Musk never opened his big mouth about that What whatsoever. Look, Elon Musk, I got to get Darren Beatty on here and rag on him for a while. Darren, uh, uh, Elon Musk is a running dog for the Chinese Communist Party. Let me be blunt. Let me repeat this as I did. The first day this deal was announced, I said that for him to close and get put his financing part and at the time I didn't know he had to finance virtually the whole thing right because the price was so over the top that no real finance, financial investors wanted to come in here because they realized this thing is a dog right that that he, he, he that that he would never cross the CCP when it comes to anything related to the suppression of the chinese people heather we got to bounce uh, i got Boris up and we're running behind time You're going to be at CPAC. I know you're doing a ton of investigative reporting there uh, and and interviews, not interviews to to be public, but stuff you're working on. But how do people follow you on social media? You're part of the Real America Voice team. There's going to be wall-to-wall coverage at CPAC. How do people track you down?
4: Thanks, Steve. Um, I'm on Getter. I'm on Twitter right now, so I'll be closely following Elon Musk's responses or lack thereof on this issue. But um, Getter and Twitter are really my two main ones that I use. So talk Mullins is well, my handle. Well, fam-
0: <laughs> you put your, all your anti CCP stuff up on Getter and everything. I'm just kidding. Heather, you're doing <laughs> a great job. We'll continue. We'll continue to track this Elon Musk story. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks I look so forward much. to seeing you over at, at, uh, look forward to seeing you over at the studio, the real American voice studio there. Yeah.
4: It sounds Whenever good. We're having a
0: great time. <laughs> see you there, ma'am. Boris, uh, president, president Trump, is I'm I'm seeing a 14 15 version of of President Trump. He is literally off the chain on Rupert Murdoch and Fox. He's making me look like a piker. He is off the hook on this well, thing. What Tell me what's going on. President <laughs> Pre- President Trump's all over all poor Murdoch.
2: Well, Steve, here's the bottom line. It's an honor to be with you. Honor to be with the posse. Here's the bottom line. You saw that clip yesterday. You've got Brian Kilmeade. He's over at the diner, and I believe that that the Home congressional district of the Florida governor, and he's going around the diner. Oh, let's go, let's see who's for who, and then, you know, oh, who are you with Trump? Who are you with Trump? Trump, 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 and they finally find one woman. She's got a D'Antoni shirt. He goes, who are you with? He goes, I don't know, maybe D'Antoni, but no, I really like no, Trump. No,
0: no, no, hang on, hang on. It was worse because they, they go Trump, they go Trump, they go Trump, and then somebody says Christy Nome as a vice president for Trump. Uh, And then they have a couple others. They have a couple, Nikki Haley as a VP for Trump, right? It was was like a a comedy. I thought it was a Saturday Night Live skit. Totally. And it's
2: clear what they were trying to do, right? They were trying to set it up that, oh, we're here in Florida and there's all this diversity of opinion, there's no diversity of opinion. President Donald J. Trump is annihilating the pretenders in this primary. You're seeing it in all the polling. Axios did a story yesterday called the February Trump bump. Today, still a bump in the Washington Post saying the Republicans prefer President Trump on everything, including handling of COVID-19. Here's the bottom line. Nobody else in the Republican Party, nobody in this country has the broad shoulders, the experience, and the toughness necessary to, to lead our country. So we need President Donald J. Trump back in office as soon as possible. Everybody who gets it knows it. And, I, you know, Fox News is still trying to play a game that they've been playing. And, Steve, you and I know this. Back in 2015, 2016, Fox News wasn't with President Trump. They were with anybody but. No way. And then they were, they were all in for President Trump once he won, of course, as so were many others. But to those of us who are originals, we remember the true story. Hold on, hold on. Hang on,
0: hang on, hang on, hang on. They were all in. They weren't all in in the general. They had they had, they had had a foot and a half into Hillary's camp. They had the Mur- Murdochs were, were fine. If Hillary won, they'd deal with it right, because they knew Hillary. They would deal with They were not Trump. Let's go back to 1516. They were, remember, Megyn Kelly was the assassin in that first debate. She came out trying oh, to recap yeah, Trump right out, of, right out of the box, right? They, they were, you know, Ailes, try, they were, they were the, the order came, by the way, the Murdochs run the deal. Don't think they got the thing with the host, the hosts are trying to do this. You know, Tucker's got independence because his audience is so big. But the rest of them follow the party line. The party line comes down from Tucker Murdoch. Tucker and Sean have some
2: independence. The rest fall in line.
0: Oh, 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 stop, stop, stop. Sean's got no. Sean's, Sean's cash and a paycheck, dude. Tucker's got independence. Sean tells me, hey, boss, what's the word? How, let me get Lindsey Graham on here. We'll do some talking points. You so and I are going to agree to disagree on following. that one, but
2: I think the broader point is the main
0: okay, point. Okay, okay. Well, no, so the Murdochs are running. They're anti-Trump. They're viciously anti-Trump now. They, look, Governor DeSantis is the flavor of the month for those guys. And this, let's leave aside the great job Governor DeSantis is doing. My point is the Murdochs and the money have decided th- they don't want Trump under any circumstance. And they don't want Trump because they don't want MAGA. They don't want Trump because they don't want America first. They don't want Trump because they don't want the deplorables. They're not interested in what's happening in East Palestine, Ohio. That's the no. tough You live in East Palestine, that's your tough luck, right? They're, these guys are all on rant. types. They're more that's, interested in what's going on in what's
2: going on in China. That's what they're interested in. You know, oh, how much more money can we give to the Exactly. Palestine? But again, here's the beauty of this. Steve. It's literally, and this isn't a hyperbole, it's like deja vu all over again. And even the Washington Post are writing it. action, they're all writing it up that way. But you know, all these Republicans, they're oh, the establishment, oh, you know, Donald Trump. Well, probably not. And here we are, we're tripling up everybody else. President Trump is showing that he's the leader of the country in East Palestine and every other single day, that, that, that he continues. To bring home the message on trade as he did yesterday, on foreign policy, on national security, on protecting our cities, on protecting our children from all this craziness, woke nonsense. What, what's anybody else doing? Trying to, and trying to maybe run for president, maybe not, but let's not say the name of the, of, of the leader. And that's the other part, right? How are of these, let's just be honest, how are of these guys going to run if they can't strap on the pads and actually go to battle? That's like getting into a football game but never taking the field. You're never going to win. They're getting crushed to what they should do, each and every one of them. And yesterday I was on the show with Jack Posobiec, was great. And I said this, and I said it again. They should come out right now, back President Trump, and let's go beat Joe Biden, whatever the other hopeless loser they put up there. That's yeah. what we've got to be focused on.
0: Yeah. Get a, get a cabinet slot. Get it, get it early and get, get your team ready to hit the beach when we win, which we will win. Uh, Boris, social media, sir, I know you're busy. Uh, how do people track you?
2: Busy for sure, Steve, but this is the best thing I've ever done. I'm proud to do it. I'm always honored to be on the show and talking to you. My information, the website is hotboriscp.com. We just sent a hot newsletter yesterday. Sign up right now, boriscp.com. Hot on, at Borisup, on Twitter at Boriscp. Hot on Twitter at boris. The hottest on the gram. Boris underscore Epstein. Stay strong. God bless. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Boris, great work. Uh, the numbers are fantastic. You're right. There's been a big turnaround. There's a real spread now in this field. It's just incredible. The numbers keep coming out every day. So thank you very much for coming on here. And thank you particularly for the job you're doing, helping get everything organized. Um, we're going to take a short break. We've got a lot to go through. Because uh, so, next hour I was trying to do a CPAC preview, but there's too much breaking about the CCP and about the committee meeting they had last night. Also, the Wuhan lab, the Wuhan, this Wuhan lab controversy is on fire. Remember, we're owed reparations, big league. President Trump estimates he was on Seb Gorka, $50 trillion, all next in the war The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling
1: cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data
0: no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived it's time to say what you want the way you want download now okay six o'clock uh in that hour we're going to have some intensity about the u.s intelligence involvement in wuhan what they know I'm, i'm sick and tired of hearing this the CCP is not going to, not cooperating. That's why three years after it, they're sitting there going, we really don't know. We can't get to the bottom of it. It's not acceptable and it can't be acceptable to this Congress. The House has got to get all over this. So we're going to start going through that in the next hour. There's so much going on in CPAC in the next couple of days. So we're going to be pulling people in. Uh, obviously, the audience, a lot of audience participation, a lot of interviews with the audience. You see what's going on. You'll see the energy. We'll also be cutting to the stage when we can and getting some of the interviews and some of the discussions up there also i think we're gonna to try to stream stream it also on getter and have our own commentary because there's gonna be so much going on real america's voice is going to be there wall-to-wall so it's a lot going on the next couple of days i think you're really going to enjoy it and it's capped off by a speech by donald trump and it's not going to be until like six o'clock or five thirty on saturday so you're going to get a full day saturday too it's going to be just just really really incredible and uh really looking forward to it. go to cpac.org slash warm you get for the three or four day ticket you get to 47 bucks off but you can also buy daily tickets just go to cpac.org slash war room to get all your discounts find out all the information and we're going to be there in one of the big studios rev setting up how uh, they're going to do the morning show there uh ed and karen of course charlie kirk jack bassovi is going to be there uh i think john solomon and the team are going to be there it's just going to be packed so uh looking forward really excited for the cpac um I asked Joe Croucher, iTarget. Joe, as you know, we're very focused on this inflationary time, particularly the cost of ammo and, 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 and practice, because practice makes perfect. It, guns is, is, is really like playing football or baseball or golf. It's about reps. The more reps yeah. you do, the more comfortable you're going to be, and particularly since so many new you know, young people, uh, women are getting firearms, all of it. And it's all about practicing. Tell me about iTarget. What do you guys got going on right now?
3: Hey, Steve. Yeah. So iTarget allows you to save on ammo because it uses a laser that goes into your actual gun and it loads right into the chamber of the gun. And then we got two different systems. We have the iTarget Pro system here. Let me put the camera and show you where you shoot at the target. And on your phone screen, it puts the bullet holes right where the laser was hitting. And then we have these cubes, which allow you to have a uh, different type of system where you're shooting this little two-inch target. And uh, those work with an app as well. And how those work is Three, they beep. Two, one. go. 1.41, 2.45, 3.17. And you're timed for exactly how fast you're able to shoot each of those cubes so it's two different systems it's really kind of for two different skill levels in a way because uh, this is a much bigger target it's better for beginners and the cubes are a smaller target so you have to be really proficient and that gives you the ability to shoot at multiple targets you can put them anywhere in your house where you have wi-fi so they work through a wi-fi connection Uh, we use them in our warehouse and we do clearing drills from the front door to see how fast you can run through the warehouse and shoot all the cubes and so allows you to save on ammo. Um, It's, you know, not just save on ammo, but in times like these, I don't really want to, I want to be stockpiling ammo. I don't want to be wasting it. So uh, it allows you to practice. I mean, it's a good prepper kit.
0: That's the key thing. It's about, talk about the safety because you're using a laser. This is not a live round. I know a lot of people ever since the the unfortunate situation out in New Mexico are very concerned. So talk to us about, you use a laser here, so it's it's 100% safe walk us through that
3: right yeah well um because it goes directly into the chamber of the gun where a bullet would go there's no way that um you can have an accidental misfire you just got to be diligent enough to make sure you actually have the laser in there i mean that's uh 101 in gun safety is no you know if your gun's loaded or not so you should you always have to check but when you have the laser you know you're not using any ammo in the magazine the magazine's empty so there's no chance you put your ammo in a different room. You know, there's no chance of any accidents happening. It's 100% safe. I actually invented the thing because my wife was scared to um, touch a real gun with live ammo. And with this, she was able to get competent enough. We actually went to the gun range uh, last weekend because I bought a new AR-15. She wanted to shoot. So she really loves the sport now. But we were able to get her into it. Um, she got over the fear of guns by practicing with this. She learned proper gun safety, Is able to teach her. So, it's great for new beginners. It's a great way to teach people, and you feel comfortable teaching them because there's no chance that something's going to go bad. You know?
0: and, and, and you're not like using some practice gun. You actually get to use your weapon. You can put it into your weapon, so you get the feel, you get the repetitions, you get the, the comfort level of, of learning and training and practicing on your own, on your own weapon, correct?
3: Right. Yes, and you know, so you're using your actual sights. You know, it's the sights that are on your gun, and you know, the the weight and everything of your gun. So you're getting used to that. It's it's a great way. Gun ranges don't let you practice uh, pulling a gun from a holster, and you know, with this you can you can actually practice in your home. I mean, if you're ever in a confrontation with someone that's armed, your first shot pulling from a holster and defending yourself is going to be life or death possibly. So. You know, with this type of product, you can have your gun ready to to pull from the holster and and get timed on how fast you can get that first shot off quickly and accurately, and that could be life or death.
0: Joe, how do people get? We want people to be immersed in information of in this. Where do they go to find out more about uh, iTarget?
3: Yeah, uh, our website's www. letter i dot com. Uh, we're running the uh the cell uh with your code uh bannon they get 10% off and uh i see you got it on there at the shot show we had great fun at shot show we had uh we had competitions with the cubes and gave away like uh 20 of them to the winners
0: well the for uh, the shot show is unique not just cuz it was in, it's in vegas but it's, un- <laughs> it's a unique it's a unique gathering uh joe one more time how do people Get to this to make sure they get all the information. They can dive down on it.
3: Yeah, you can go to iTargetPro.com and uh, there's instructional videos. A link to the all the videos on there. You can watch it. Uh, there's videos for the cube and for the iTarget Pro system, so you can watch both and see which one's right for you, or depending on if you're buying it for someone else, which one would be better for them. Um, and use the code Bannon to Perfect. get 10% off. Letter iTargetPro.com.
0: Joe, thanks for taking time away from. Today. I know you're very busy, particularly everything going on. So thank you, thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you, Steve. Thank
0: you. Okay, uh, next hour, uh, fascinating, disturbing, interesting. We're going to talk about the Wuhan lab and about the intelligence agency's involvement in all of it. The CCP knows exactly what's going on. They got to be forced to give the information. Short break. Back in a moment.